All right, welcome guys to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm, this is a fun one. I'm, I'm really excited today because I'm basically city just out. Honorary family, but but uh, I'm really excited today because we're talking to Jordan Boitovich and Alison Boitovich. Yes, they're related now. Sister-in-law. And so I the last time, well, the reason we were even shooting today is because I think it was thanksgiving was it that we hung out and we were like and you just jumped out like i really want to talk about all these things because it's important and i was like let's do it because you were very passionate and i know that you've gone through a story of your uh, of your own so we're going to talk about all those things and how we're going to help people out yes if anything just to learn teach them how to fish yeah but uh before we get started give them a brief introduction and uh about yourself and this time we have a new host. We have, or not a new host. We have. Um, I started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we have a guest host, but it's also like our favorite host, <laughs> Allison Boitovich. But uh, let's let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah. First off, I'm super thrilled to be here. I know we've been planning this for months, and I'm just really excited. Um, you guys mean a lot to me. So coming on here and being able to share my story and really collaborate and discuss this is it means a lot to me so I'll just throw that out there um a little bit about me yeah I'm a born and raised Texan grew up outside of uh, San Antonio a small town Uh, my husband and I live in Houston now Um, I do sales full-time and when I'm not doing that I'm doing yoga spending time with family getting outside exercising learning about new things and just trying to enjoy every bit of life that I can um, which is can be hard sometimes when you get in the routine of being busy and things like that. So I always have to come back and remind myself to take time to do the things that are important to me. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about that too today. So. <laughs> but you kind of do a bunch of, I mean, because you're a great photographer. As well. I was just going to say you. that. She didn't even mention she does photography. Uh, it's It's a great way for me to get into my creative element. Uh, yeah. So I've been doing that for a few years and it's just, it's a great hobby of mine, so it's a lot of fun. That's so fantastic. Yeah. But, and then I heard today that you came to Round Rock and met with the client and usually get to do that type of thing. No, yeah. I do uh, sales full-time remotely, and um, I have the opportunity to meet my clients whenever I want. It's not mandatory, but I had one here in Austin, and so it was good to meet with them in person and you know, get to know them, talk about their projects, how they're liking everything. So it's always good to get face-to-face. So. Yeah, I worked out worked out perfectly and getting to spend time with the family as well for Easter weekend. Yeah, if people watching the podcast can't tell, Jordan is definitely a people person. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I'm extra excited for you to come on here and talk more about your experience because awesome. yeah. um, I think you you just know how to relate to people. You care, you know? <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Why I wanted to come on is to give not give women a voice, but basically talk about how you have a voice, how to use it right, um, and then just how to navigate all the things that come with that. Um, Because support is really, really important, regardless of anything you're going through, whether it's medical, whether it's something at work, personal, doesn't matter, support. I want to talk about that a lot today. Mm -hmm. And it all starts in the gut. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes it does yeah why i love the gut what, so to connect both of those things that you just mentioned mm-hmm. one of them is that it's hard sometimes to have to get support or to even speak mm-hmm. about it right what's how tell me a little bit about your experience from that yeah so endometriosis that's primarily when i what i want to talk about today um a few years ago actually i think it was yeah about two years ago um, I started getting really, really bad pain when I was on my period. It was awful. I had never experienced anything like it before, right? And so here I was just thinking, well, I guess this is something that is just normal, right? I heard maybe some friends growing up or people saying, yeah, you know, my cramps are so bad. And they were like 13 or 14, young, right? And I thought, well, I think that's normal, right? But And there's so many, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to point out, like, there's 
so little information told to women about like after you hit puberty, like it's like they tell you what your period is and then it's like, good luck, figure it out. Yeah. You know, like once you have that talk, there's no like, here's how to detect things. Here's how to like take care of yourself or here's how it changes throughout your life. Mm -hmm. Because from my personal experience, I didn't have cramps when I started it. And then when I hit my 20s, I started getting really bad symptoms. Mm -hmm. And like you just kind of assume, well, maybe that's how it is now because I'm in my 20s. So a lot of people don't even think there's anything to do about it. You're exactly right. And you just, you know, uh, whether it's what society has told you growing up, what your family members have said about it just being something you have to live with, um, it, it doesn't have to be like that. And in fact, it's not normal to feel that way. That's the biggest message, right? If you're feeling any sort of pain like that that's debilitating, it prevents you from doing your job, it prevents you from wanting to be with the people that you love. I mean, that's an indicator that's not normal, right? Um, and kind of going back to the support in my journey and things like that, um, I was really fortunate um, after going through that a few months to find a provider that diagnosed me right away. Of course, I Googled and did a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? And it if it walks like a duck, if it <laughs> quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Um, so yeah, I had all of the symptoms of endometriosis, really bad pain on my period, um, debilitating. I would describe it as a battery acid feeling mixed with like sharp pains and just like, you don't want to do anything. And, you know, that would, I would feel like that two to three days out of the month for like four to five months. And this was right leading up to when I got married. And I was just praying that I was not going to be having to go through this (laughs) on that day. It didn't happen. (laughs) It didn't happen. But um, I could take this so many different ways. Well, let's start with this. What is endometriosis? What is is going on in the body? Yeah. Because I always... Sure, I can ask a doctor that, and they're going to be a scientific mm-hmm. term. But I also want to like to know what mm-hmm. someone that's yeah. going through it defines it, right? Yeah. Because besides, besides from the fact that like this is how it feels. Yeah. Right. So I talked about how it feels. Uh, but basically what happens is that normal tissue that grows in your uterus, right? And you shed that. It starts growing in other parts of your body. Typically... Around the uterus. Very close. Yeah. Um, It's very common to be maybe growing on the ovaries, fallopian tubes, um, but it can get into the other areas of the abdominal cavity, as well as some cases a little bit more rare in the bowels and the intestines, right? So you think about it when you're on your period and you're shedding that, that is you're bleeding in different places that tissue is trying to so I didn't know that part so like the body still tries to shed all of that tissue even if it's growing outside of the uterus yes and that's why it's so painful yeah wow and it's also (laughs) yeah because where is it going (laughs) yeah well it it can get trapped yeah and it's really that buildup of the scar tissue over time as well that makes it really painful and so that's why if you can catch it really early right, to help do things to prevent that buildup of the scar tissue. You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. They got MIVs right now, so we're kind of pausing. Yeah, it feels great, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you can catch it early, it's, it's, it's really important. Obviously better. So, but you did catch yours pretty early, right? And yeah, you mentioned that your practitioner a few months into searching, like, was able to diagnose you. And that's not normal, right? No. In fact, a lot of women, I have a friend, it took her years to get a diagnosis, which blows my mind with we still there's still a lot of research to be done on endometriosis. But we do know a lot now, like just over the past five to 10 years, we've known a lot. Um, but here's, I, I want to talk about this, and you know, and you know, I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> I had no pain, no issues until I started using the pill. Mm. So 
Interesting. Well, I do remember you mentioning that, but now that here's, but I actually didn't know what it was. You just said uh-huh. that I started feeling pain, but I was still kind of, well, I don't know what kind of pain. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, when I was on the pill, um, I like, I didn't really experience the pain. It was when I came off, you got off that I pill. had all of these, you know, problems going on because you didn't use the pill for that long right like you started oh. using it and then you got off of it because you didn't like it and then mm-hmm. you started having these. yeah I was only on it for two years and the only reason I got on it is because my periods were irregular so I didn't get them every single month so the doctor was like this will help and yeah <laughs> I mean where have we heard that before <laughs> yes and Looking back on it, like, oh, my god! like, gosh. oh, you have a problem? Let's just shut down your hormones. Right? Yeah. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. Your ovaries well, shut down everything. You sent me that video, right? Down. Dr. Jolene Brighton posted mm-hmm. one the other day. Whenever you sell the birth control pill to someone, it's often sold as, like, mimicking pregnancy. But yeah. she said, actually, your hormones are elevated during pregnancy. The birth control pill suppresses all of them, so it's actually closer to menopause. So are they saying that just because that means that you're not getting a period or something? Yeah, the the easiest way for them to mm-hmm. like describe it is, oh, it's like your body thinks you're pregnant, so you don't get a period. Right. But that's it's actually you're not getting a period because you're not releasing hormones properly. Which is really interesting because I, I well, I'm, I I want to make a comment because I remember uh, you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that hey, that's a sign that something's wrong. Yeah. I also don't want I also don't want to mention that there's that also doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, right? Like people take that wrong sometimes. right right uh, sure there's a, it's a sign right but what i was what i was the comment i was going to make is my mom well she always cooked every single meal naturally whatever all that stuff very lucky to have grown up that way right that's also why i know how to cook but she used to always whenever women would be like oh my period or whatever she's like whatever like it doesn't happen uh, right but she never <laughs> she was never on a pill she, she was very yeah she was very healthy she cooked yep. all her own meals and things from the garden and 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 then we talked about the gut, right? It's like, well, you're feeding the right thing. Is that, I'm not saying that that's the answer, but, right. but I used to remember thinking, like, why would everybody think that? Well, why does that happen to everyone? And then, like, mm-hmm. my mom's the one that's like, whatever. Right. <laughs> that's a great point. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? If we're giving our body what it needs, if we don't have the stresses, the well, it goes back the to toll, the yeah. stress. And the amount of processed foods that we have now, I mean, it's a combination of so many things, I yeah. think, as to why we're, a lot of us are experiencing these things. Mm-hmm. So, and too, to be clear, um, I'm not, I don't want to bash the pill, right? Sure. If you're on it, if you've made that decision, you know, that is your decision. Where it's frustrating is when you know, you're dealing with something like endometriosis or heavy periods at a young age or painful periods and you use it as a one size fits all, you're not addressing it at the root. You're masking it. And then to me, it's a perfect opportunity for someone as young as 12 or 13. If they're already experiencing some of these things, let's really try to look at everything in your life what are you eating what is your environment what is your stress level oh my gosh if we could do that it would be amazing i mean you know western medicine likes the one solution for one thing plug and play just for this right i think that's a big part of it and you know i have a very similar story the pill i think is probably what if it didn't cause it it definitely covered up the fact that i already mm-hmm. had pcos mm-hmm. and um it was the same thing for me. I had terrible acne and I was irregular and I was 16 and the doctor said, here you go. Yeah. This will fix everything. And um, I think it's just, it, it it's a, a multi-layered problem, but there is a very um, huge lack of holistic care in specialized care, which sounds funny to say. Like there's no. there's not even a consideration of the holistic side, the more specific you get. So by the time you get to gynecology, they're like, What's just happening with the reproductive organs? And that's kind of it. They're not really thinking about how it interacts with everything else, even though they're one of the biggest drivers of our hormones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I just think it's kind of a, it's like almost a, a lack of acknowledgement of the whole system working together. And it, it yeah. doesn't seem like it's intentionally malpractice, but it, uh, 
easily could be um, much better in incorporating everything because the only advice I ever got besides go on the pill for acne was don't eat dairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. You know? Yeah. Well, it's crazy because the time that that does work. Right. Then it's like, oh, well, that's well, that's work the forever. Solution. Yeah, correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to argue against that for the people, especially when you are talking to someone like, yeah, that worked for me. So yeah, yeah. do about it. Right. <laughs> and well, when you said, I don't know, we we should call it borderline malpractice. Right. I would say that it's it fits the criteria of malpractice. You're not giving true informed consent, or at least the majority of doctors are not giving that, right? When you prescribe something, where is the counseling about the the risks and the benefits? I never got any of that. And I am just thinking, wow, you know, I experienced, you know, depression-like symptoms on the pill. I experienced things that... I really felt that should have been told to me. Maybe I wouldn't have made that decision, even though I didn't know all that. Like, but they say on the commercial really fast at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> right, and but there's everybody like <laughs> in flower fields, right? Whatever, and how is that my fault? You should have read this fine. You should have heard so, the fine print. <laughs> yeah. So I want I want to kind of just get like establish the timeline and get mm-hmm. have a sure. question of just on the story of yes. things. So you were on birth control for two years. Mm-hmm. You get off of it because you're like, I feel like this is making me depressed. You know, it's not the best for me. X, Y, Z. And then how long after you stopped taking the pill did you start getting symptoms? So after I got off of the pill, um, I got my periods back right away mm-hmm. and they were pretty regular, you know, every month. It was the second period after I got off the pill that I experienced it. Right. So it was pretty fast. It was very fast. And I will never forget, it was when TJ and I, my husband, were coming home from a coast trip. And I was driving us back. And I told him, I said, we have to pull over. I need to get some kind of strong medication right now. I don't know what's going on. I feel so bad. Yeah. And after I took the medicine, it was nothing. I got, and I don't, I'm not the type to take, just take Advil. Right. You know, pampering or any of that. But I was just, oh my gosh, any relief I could get. And really and truly from then on out for the next, you know, four months or so, leading up to the wedding I went through that and I just because I also didn't want to I had this gut feeling right that I had endometriosis but I was also really scared right to uh, is this really something that I have you know because because it's you know PCOS endometriosis anything mm -hmm. related to that like it it feels like there's a vibe of like, oh, you have that. Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get pregnant with those. And like, good luck making, having a family. And that's not true, actually. No, like, it's But not. that's what it feels like when the doctor tells you you have it. Exactly. And it's actually a relatively small percentage yeah. of women with endometriosis that, you know, can have those types of infertility um, issues and things like that. But just right off the bat, if you know somebody who has endometriosis, you know, they've already got so many things on their mind. The last thing they want to hear is a, asking about a degrading comment right. or something really not positive. Like, well, isn't isn't that like, doesn't that lead to like infertility and yeah. things of that nature? It's, yeah, don't say that if you <laughs> want to truly support someone. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, wait, so the things you now know that you wish mm-hmm. you would have heard from the doctors, What? how did you find them? So, okay, I'll go. Can I explain my timeline? Yeah, yeah let's okay. do the time. Let's finish that. So, let's see. So the Four wedding months happened. of that, the wedding happened, and then I couldn't take it anymore. So I did go to the doctor and... Yeah, she did some tests to rule out anything else that could be causing my pain. And those all came back as negative. So then 
I officially got the diagnosis of having endometriosis. And I said, well, how does this happen? What can I do? I said, I do not want to get back on birth control. And she goes, well, that's really your only option (laughs) unless you want to have surgery. She goes, I would just recommend staying on the pill until you're ready to start a family. (laughs) I just heard a record scratch in my head with the face that you just made. (laughs) And it was disappointing to hear that kind of answer because I really knew that, you know, it's there's got to be something else I right. can do. Someone's done it without it. Right. Without the pill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I told her, I said, I need to think about this before I make a decision. And also, too, right, when you're in these scenarios, don't be afraid to ask your doctor these questions. Or say like what you just did and say like, don't prescribe anything to me right now because mine did the same thing. She, as soon as she diagnosed me, immediately tried to put me on medication. And I said, wait, let me think about it. And then I just honestly never called her back. But (laughs) get her allowed to leave. Like, you know. (laughs) Exactly. You, you can do that. Um, And that's not to say if you want to choose that option, it's wrong. Exactly. But there are other options out there that don't feel cornered with just one option. Mm -hmm. I think it's wise to always wait for to give an answer because there's so many emotions involved when you get something like that right on the spot. Exactly. Unless it's something where like we need to do this right now or else, you know, whatever. Right. That would be different. But most of the time it's like, dude, you've been living with this for three weeks now. Like you can wait one more day. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So got the diagnosis and said, okay, I'm going to give it some time to think about it, right? So at that point, I just, I really started doing a lot of research. That's when you reached out to me too and you were like, okay, I actually know like for sure this is what it is now. Mm -hmm. Who are some doctors you'd recommend? And then you like went to town and you're sending me resources a week later (laughs) that I didn't know about. There's some really great resources. I'd be happy to, to, you know, link some of those um, great a lot of great people out there that have a lot of great resources. But anyways, with that being said, you know, I already had a pretty healthy diet. I was eating organic, um, minimal sugar. Um, I was eating gluten, though, still. I I would eat gluten. Gosh, I I ate a lot of things. You eat a lot of things over the course of your lifetime. Um, But I really did. I I really eliminated the gluten. I started um, being more mindful about my stress levels because I knew how that affects inflammation and endometriosis thrives on inflammation and excess estrogen in your body. And so with all these other resources, right, that I found, there were some things I did to help, you know, maybe get that estrogen under control. And I actually felt that doing that on my own helped a little bit, but it does take time, right? You can't just do something for a week and right. you see changes. It 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 takes time. Um, can I ask you who some of the resources are that you were following? Yeah, Dr. Jolene Brighton. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, she's got a, an awesome website. She might even have a podcast channel now or Something I know she like has that. a great book or two. Yeah. Yes, she does. And her Instagram is great too. She links stuff there as well. And then I have to also thank Dr. Aviva Ram. Mm-hmm. She's um, a midwife, an herbalist, um, an MD. So she's, I also listen to a lot of her resources on how to eliminate that extra inflammation, excess estrogen, mm-hmm. things like that. So those were just a few of the resources. But I will tell you, just within two months of doing those things, I it I it was still unbearable for me. Can I ask some of the changes you initially made? Sure. And like yeah. Yeah. So I I wasn't eating any wheat, right? There's a concept that, oh, if we just eat wheat, one hundred percent wheat, that it's that it's gonna be good for us. So I I cut that out. I cut out the wheat pastas I was eating, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm Mediterranean. I love pasta, right? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, who, who doesn't love pasta? 
So I got rid of it. <laughs> I got rid of the gluten. Yeah. Um, was that hard to uh, give that message to your family, like if family dinners and stuff like that? Well, you know, my immediate family, uh, they were completely fine with. We all have our preferences. And my dad's big on like the keto every now and then but then he'll switch to like doing other things he's he's so funny he's awesome but um anyways no I mean sometimes at like the big bigger family gatherings that you know you have limited choices but I only ask because sometimes that's up it is also, difficult yeah it's also something that it's hard for me sometimes when I go home and they're like we're gonna eat all this stuff and then I was like yeah yeah that's when it 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 can get um a little challenging, right? Is when you're at parties or gatherings or right. things like that. But to go into some other things I did, I really I've always I've done yoga for like the past six, seven years. Mm-hmm. But I really got into my yoga routine and addressed my stress and things like that. Um or I wouldn't say address stress, but it helped me to you can get hers. Just oh really gosh. relax and, and for those people things. listening, Allison is getting unhooked from her IV. Yeah. I'm gonna take this to moment interrupt. to take some Yeah. Yeah. We could take this moment for a commercial. <sighs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> when is this podcast dropping? <laughs> In about a month. A month. Oh, we'll have news bliss packs by then. Oh yeah. There we go. We're really you've had bliss before, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys left some for me when um, y'all That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we're releasing like a little five-pack version like of it. So it's easier for people to do that. It's going to be fantastic. And it's going to... And we just got the designs yesterday and it looks sexy. All right. It's one of those things that... Thank you, love. I don't know. People might not even take just because the box looks sexy. <laughs> and they're like, well, I don't want to mess with this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- that'll be out by the time your episode's out. Yeah. Okay, so please drop your bliss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I love it. Okay. That was maybe the least chaotic IV pullout we've ever had on the show anyway. He's great. So Ethan's great. He is. Yeah. He is awesome. Ethan at MSW Lounge in Austin, Texas. <laughs> what, what's his Instagram? Naughty Nurse Hottie. Yeah. <laughs> H-O-D-D-E. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's awesome. <laughs> Everyone here is awesome. Really, <laughs> cast of characters. <laughs> okay. I hope like, I've been staying organized. Oh yeah, like no, this jumping around. Right. No, you know. I hope we're also jumping. Okay. Tell me, people's okay. brains aren't organized, so we're good. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, <laughs> just called all of y'all out. <laughs> Everyone with ADHD. Um. <laughs> So you were you cut gluten for a couple of months and you were like, okay, this isn't enough. Right. Yeah. Right. I had felt some improvement. And then just when I thought things were getting better, uh, they weren't. And so I was in say I'm still in sales, but what I was doing then, right, was like I was in person all the time, every single day. And I just couldn't do it i couldn't see my clients i couldn't be around people right so weird for me i just couldn't do it it was so hard and so that's when i went back to my doctor and i said well i guess i will try birth control again but please prescribe me a brand that is going to work better with my body i said I really didn't feel like myself when I was on that. Um, Please help me to pick the right one for me. And I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was called Yaz. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not for sure. It was horrible. That one got recalled. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. It makes so much sense. And guess what, y'all? I was only on that for a month and a half. I told my husband, I said, yeah, this is messing with me. I don't feel like myself on this. So at this point, you started to think, is there a surgery? Well, I was thinking about that, but I also think I said, I need to go to a specialist that knows shit, Mm -hmm. like that can really help me and provide me options, right? And so that's what I did. I threw away all of those, all of the rest of the pills I had. Never went back to that same doctor 
granted, she gave me a diagnosis, right. which is great. I'm thankful for that. But wow. Wow. So then you essentially fire this doctor. And then <laughs> who did you like? Where did you go from there? What was the turning point? From there, who was it? One of my friends, one of my best friends, her sister had found the specialist in San Antonio. And my friend knew that I was going through this because I told her about it. And she goes, I need to give you my sister's number because she went through a similar situation as you. And she found this specialist that um, provides a lot of options, is really knows how to try to get it addressed as as at the root and he doesn't prescribe birth control in his practice i said i'm calling him today right like you want to give so, him a shout out like yeah um so dignity women's group nice. in san antonio that's awesome dr p dr p, dr. p. yeah he's awesome <laughs> and i'll talk about some of the options and how he has just really helped me alongside functional and integrative medicine yes so like when you made an appointment with him and you show up to this appointment, like, was it just, did it just feel different for you? Like, did you just kind of know right away, like, okay, this guy's actually going to listen to me? Yeah, he listened. He, um, he never, I never felt invalid. Mm -hmm. Right. So my concerns, my pressing questions that I had, he did a very good job of explaining endometriosis to me. And what was amazing is that I think he provided like six options for me. That's awesome. Which was incredible. And none of them included the pill. Nope. That's so wild. Yeah. So there's there's maybe just a tip right there. If your doctor isn't <laughs> listening to you, they're yeah. probably not that great, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think lately what between John and I, because... As you know, we love conspiracy theories. <laughs> and so do you. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, but I think lately we've been thinking about, like, just the idea that, man, sometimes we feel bad for the doctors, too, because they really don't know better. Right. right. A lot of times they don't know better. You have to go to a specialist. Right. Yet the person that's not or the doctor that's not a specialist still has to make all these decisions. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because... You're right. It's really not always these physicians' fault. It's not. Where does it start? Where does it stem? Is it their medical school, right? Is it that model, that traditional Western model that, you know, they were taught? Um, I don't know, right? Because I'm not sure exactly what the process looks like or what they were taught <laughs> or things, things like that. But you're right. It's not always fair to blame and point fingers because maybe they don't know better. Yeah, and especially right? if they're not a specialist and they have a huge practice right? and they have to abide by certain regulations so that, that they can get paid from the insurance. Big problem right there. Yeah, there's 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 a whole system that's <laughs> oh, yeah. broken that they fall into. I was going to yeah. say, we don't need to get into the rabbit hole, but it's definitely a money problem. <laughs> and it absolutely is, yeah. too. Because it also doesn't help to be like, Fuck that dog. Because that, that anger like, right. also mm -hmm. probably makes things worse. Yeah. And right? I felt that at yeah. times. I really, to be honest, I felt that, you know, but really and truly, I think at the end of the day, they are doing the best with the knowledge that they have with the time that they have. Right. They and don't have, they have the time. time. <laughs> exactly. So just to kind of lay this out for you guys in the audience, I was given six options. Yeah. Right. And so. Um, what I chose to do was bioidentical progesterone, which I had e never even heard of before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he went through everything and explained the risks and benefits to everything that he was, you know, talking about with me. And so I decided to, you know, try the bioidentical progesterone. And it worked really well for me. Um, it may not work for everybody, right? That's why it's best to be given options and the pros and cons of each, right? And really do your research before you say yes and jump into something. But had I fallen into the trap again and just settled with being on the pill, I wouldn't 
be where I am right now. I mean, that really did a lot for me. Yeah. Can I ask, like, is that um, the bioidentical progesterone, is that a pill that you still take? Or is that something that's like a treatment for a certain amount of time? Because I know we've talked about it before, but we haven't talked about it in a minute. It depends. Yeah. It can depend on your situation, what you want to do, what your timeline looks like. Um, I'm still on it, mm -hmm. but um, I'm in the progress of um, trying to wane off of it because I've addressed some of my gut issues, which mm -hmm. I want to talk about, like the link between endometriosis and your gut health. Um Almost all of the time, if somebody has endometriosis, they have some kind of IBS or what have you, right? I'm That's just like using a, IBS as the term. Is that like a chicken and egg thing too? Yeah. Yeah. And there's arguments still about what causes which. Is it the microbiome? Is it the imbalances there? Is it the inflammation there? Or did is it just because it travels because endo the, creeped in? Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Well, it becomes know. a cycle, I'm sure. Right. right. Like you get some of this, and then it's like, oh, and then it just, yeah. It seems yeah. like everything in health gets that way eventually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It does become like a cycle, for sure. Yeah, but the important thing, and that's what I love about our this company, the Howdy Health, right? Because it's the idea that like <laughs> want, you want to have all these options mm -hmm. so that you can make the choice that's best for you, mm -hmm. right? In sales and all that, they always talked about like give people less options kind of deal. But when it comes to your like health and life, you would want to have, okay, this is the information. Right. This one feels the best for right. me because then you can always just change your mind again anyways. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, a, I think that hits on a good point that I was just thinking of saying as well as like, it is great to know all of your options in health, but don't let that, like the reason they say give less options in sales is because people make, make more <laughs> decisions. If there's yeah. less options, yeah. you're, you're less likely to leave them just like stumped mm -hmm. if there's only a couple of options. So um, it is good to know all of your options in health, but like do something, you know, right. don't let it stump you to where you're just like, I don't know which one, like do something, see how it works for a month or two or whatever the timeline is. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, change it. Exactly. You know, it exactly. really is like, it sounds scary, especially if you're dealing with a diagnosis of any kind. Mm -hmm. I don't even like the word diagnosis because it just sounds so harsh. I know. I know. Um, and I say it too when I'm like, well, because you technically do have one, but it's like, yeah. okay, come on now. This is really something we can handle, right? Um, but Well, it's like so many times that we hear John say like, so you don't feel good. You want to feel better? And do you feel better now? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah. really is, sometimes it's as easy as that. From right. That, from the sense of like, hey, if it doesn't feel good, stop it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that hurts. It's like, well, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But the point I'm trying to make is like for for certain health things, sure, you know, there's emergencies or something sure. that needs to be done mm -hmm. fast. But like when it's something like healing your gut, my God, you know, it took you so long to, to ruin it. Like Wait, it can so, take a little bit yeah. of time to figure out how it heals. Yeah. So normally what happens, so if you were to, what normally, I don't know the answer mm -hmm. to this, but what happens if you were to gone back to the same doctor and you said, I'm taking the pill like you told me, it still sucks. Like I, I'm still hurt. Like what, do they just stack it with something else or what do, what do they do? Typically after that, most likely they would do surgery. Or just suggest another brand of the of yeah, pill. Exactly. One of one yeah. of the two. And, um, you know, surgery can be very successful for a lot of people. Um, I know several people in my life, family members, friends that have benefited tremendously from the surgery. Sometimes that can be the best option for people. Right. Um, and what's really important, I think, if there is surgery is, OK, now that we've gotten all of this out how can we how can we establish a healthy gut how can we get to the root to maybe prevent this from getting out of Perfect. control again yeah. and I think that's missing a lot mm -hmm. um and the majority of practices I think in America so it can be an option um, it's it's an invasive it's very invasive right, right with anything but to your your other question, what would have happened, right, if you would have, if I would have went back to that other doctor? Well, who knows? I could have gotten surgery only to find out that maybe it didn't really help or it was completely unnecessary because now 
I'm doing something completely different without surgery and I feel so great. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and that is what I fear or that my heart hurts for the women out there that, you know, have jumped to getting a surgery or are stuck on the pill when there's there are other options. Yeah. But when they don't because know that they have other options, it it's difficult. It's not just with things like this either. That's with thyroids. That's with yeah. gallbladders. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is what happens is that a lot of times you get people get the surgery and that still doesn't. It doesn't oh, fix it, it because it was doesn't. that wasn't the root in the first place, it, right? Right. So exactly. it pops up in a different way. Yeah, exactly. So, what did you do? Um, you talked about you started focusing more on gut health after um, you saw this other doctor trying to find other ways to support yeah. a healthy body. So, like, yeah. First of all, I know you just explained the cycle, but like mm-hmm. for you, did you you felt like gut health was an issue? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And again. I feel like I didn't have any of these issues until um, I got off of the pill. It was Mm -hmm. weird. It was like the same time that I started getting the symptoms of endometriosis. I had a lot of IBS type symptoms. And so in my instinct, I could tell that there is a link. Mm -hmm. And the endo specialist that I'm with now, I talked to him about it. And he says, there's absolutely a link. And he was very supportive in my choice to work on my gut health as well with the functional medicine doctor, too. And so I've done a combination of both of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's been really helpful. So um, you were already eating gluten-free. And then, mm-hmm. like, when you started seeing this gut specialist, what else did you start doing to help further aid the gut? Mm-hmm. Great question. So I eliminated, I eliminated red meat, uh, which I didn't eat too much of before. Um, no gluten, of course. That wasn't anything new than what I've been doing for a while. No cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you texted me about that one. She was like, "I hate to say it, but I think I might have to go dairy free." <laughs> <laughs> so pathetic, right? Here I am complaining that I can't eat Parmesan cheese for six weeks <laughs> 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 to reset everything. Um, no coffee. Oh, I thought that was going to be real bad, but it was so I did okay. Do you still not drink coffee? I do. Okay. I, I was like, I, I got thought, back on it. I thought you did. No, she's definitely a coffee girl. I got back on it. I was like, I've been it. to your place. There's a lot of coffee around. <laughs> oh, you've got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My husband's a smart man. <laughs> There's always coffee in the house. <laughs> Anyways, um, no dairy. So you did like an el- you did a strict elimination diet. For yes, strict elimination, yeah. no caffeine, that sort of thing, and um, protein with every meal, mm-hmm. um, and that. That seemed to help my energy levels a little bit. Um, like, so oh, it makes sense too. too. Right. <laughs> but so I did all those sorts of things, okay. and actually, within two weeks, I already uh, saw a significant improvement with my gut health. Well, wow. and I felt really good. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say it, but I think dairy is the gold rush for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. We're all human. So I'm eating it every now and then. Oh, no, trust me. Oh, <laughs> God, I get that. The, the, the dairy thing for me, it doesn't sit very well with me. And I'll go to say every once in a while, I was just like, I just, I'm going to have nachos. I don't give a shit. Yeah, do it. And for two or three days, it's just like, I don't know why I did that. I, I know. <laughs> Usually what we do in the last part of our, our trip is always just do a like, fancy dinner somewhere and we're just like yolo yeah <laughs> just like eat whatever yeah, yeah. Well, because, because people ask all the time about trips is like but you're like over there like don't you just want to like enjoy everything is like yeah that's why i don't eat all the things because i want yeah. to enjoy i want to oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> I enjoy my trip i, I want to not wake up with a blue absolutely mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and there is times that we try different things you know especially the, the italy thing with with the wheat there it's different it is and it's, yeah and sometimes you can have it 
That also doesn't. Well, mean they also banned. I'm in Italy. I'm gonna eat two pizzas. They also banned GMOs <laughs> in Italy, so like it's literally different wheat. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it a different is. rabbit hole. But <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so you did the elimination diet, mm-hmm. and then you came out of it. Are there? So you did incorporate certain things back in. Like, what mm-hmm. was your process after that six weeks of trying to like find your new normal? Right. So the first thing I incorporated. Can you guess? Not cheese. cheese. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> of course. Coffee. Um, Did you change what type of coffee? Or is yours like, no? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just, well, I was uh, I was drinking decaf okay. when I was on my detox. Got it. Um, and so I did that. And then I went back That's to coffee. That's, by the way, coffee without the fun. <laughs> <laughs> In case you don't know what decaf is. <laughs> if you really try hard it can still be fun but <laughs> jordan's like i had to get mocha oatly so i could enjoy my coffee <laughs> i'm telling you oh but no i i incorporated the coffee back in and i seemed to do okay with that although i feel that i was just eating so great and eliminating those foods that I had sensitivities to that I really don't feel that I need the coffee every right. morning, which I love enjoying my cup of joe. Like it's so warm and it's just a great way to start out your day. So I incorporated that. And then I don't know, cheese has been a little. So did you like give <laughs> yourself a schedule for like trying to add back things like one at a time? Yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, Some people might do this differently, but um, my functional medicine doctor recommended that, you know, try it for one to three days. Mm -hmm. And if you experience some things, maybe take a break from it and let your body recoup and then maybe try it again. Right. And if you experience the same things, then you might have an intolerance to it. What's the beauty of the elimination diets, right? Is is that you take those things or you take several things away Mm-hmm. You had one, and it was like, boom, you react. You're like, whoop, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. You can get really specific with that. That's literally how I found out I was breaking out. My skin was breaking out from egg whites egg, only. Yeah. I could eat the yolks. So crazy. I'm like, the opposite. Yeah. I can do the egg whites, but not the yolks. Really? That's so weird. I don't listen to that. <laughs> I stopped listening to, although I stopped breaking out, so I healed my gut some way. Yeah. Well, that's, that's part of it, too. Yeah. Right? It's just. I did. I did drop them for a while. And mm-hmm. I just added. Oh no! I didn't eat eggs like, for three on. years. Yeah, and then yeah. now I can eat them again. That's and awesome. it's fine. Like sometimes that's, there's that. Sometimes that's all your body needs. It's just a break. <laughs> well, you can. I mean, whey is like a really good example of probably the most common thing people just accidentally make themselves like insensitive to, or mm-hmm. sen- yeah, sensitive. Like they uh, insensitive. <laughs> Um, is like they supplement with whey protein so much because they're trying to bulk up or whatever. And, but it's a really harsh protein to eat. And it's really easy to literally make yourself have like an yeah. sensitivity to it. And so, um, but yeah, it's basically just like stop eating that thing for a bit, clear out any other stressors, let the gut heal. And mm-hmm. then you can actually add some stuff like that back in. Yeah, absolutely. But it does take time. Like I said, I waited three years, you know, yeah. no one wants to hear that. <laughs> I know. And it's, and it's more than just eliminating foods too it's being in the sun being outside Mm -hmm. you know um vitamin d but now there's you guys might know more about this than me but they're thinking that there's something else about the sun that makes it so crucial for our health and it's 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 more than the vitamin d have you guys um i mean it this is still kind of related to the vitamin D, but it might have to do with um, just like your circadian rhythm and things like that. Like it definitely um, there's like some research saying that if you're looking at sunrise or sunset or whatever, mm-hmm. if you get outside in the first couple hours or the last couple of hours every day, like it resets your circadian rhythm. So it's really good for sleep health. I know there's that, maybe. but there may- maybe there's another nutrient that's formed that we don't maybe know about. So. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But there was something that we ran into about uh, a, a like a gel sort of part of your skin that the sun activates and, mm. and it starts 
not not the circadian cycle, but it starts your blood flow mm. more than just your heart being the one that pumps your blood. Okay. Oh, interesting. But it was a very, well, I only did a very short read about it. And, right. And I didn't look back into it, but John has actually referenced it like two or three times now. Ooh. So that'd be a very good question for him. But Yeah. yeah. Like to know, but regardless, sunshine, just being outside in nature too. Anything to decrease that inflammation as well and um, get literally grounded like you know yeah you feel grounded but yeah you are grounding you know absolutely <laughs> um so there's some things i i want to talk about more specifically yeah um if anybody watching this has endometriosis or thinks they might or knows somebody that might have it i kind of want to give my thoughts and maybe some recommendations based on my experience. Totally. But did you guys want to ask me anything else before I went into that? No. I mean, we could talk about the sun. We could talk <laughs> about coffee. But no, I want to hear what you have to say about this because I don't know if I even know your entire protocol that you've done. Yeah. So the first suggestion that I could give anybody who has endo or thinks they might have it is just get support. That is the number one. And when I mean support, I don't just mean go to somebody who truly cares about what you're going through and is going to provide you options and help you. But your very close people in your life, um, it's very hard to go through things that have such an impact, not only on us physically, but mentally. Mm -hmm. um, it's really important that you have just that one person that you can keep in the loop and go to to say how you're feeling and how you're doing and share the struggles that you're going through. So whether that is a close friend, a spouse, a partner, a family member, whoever that might be, tell them about your story and tell them about ways you feel supported and ways that you don't feel supported as well. You know, you it's important to have somebody that isn't going to inv invalidate your feelings. Oh, that's just part of being a woman. Or, oh, I right. think you're overthinking it. That's invalidation. And right. Watch out for the gaslighting as well. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's. Even from some medical professionals. And again, I don't think it's intentional some of the time, but mm -hmm. there is just a lack of knowledge and just how much things like this can affect you too. So yeah. I've seen some not so nice interactions with doctors around subjects like this. Yeah. <laughs> So get support. Um, also, too, I think there's a lot of value in Facebook groups. Yep. Um, I know I'm in one. I the Healing you. Rosie one. Yeah. And it's just it's a lot Healing, of Healing Rosie. It's Healing all about SO. Mm -hmm. You can request to join, share your story on there. And it's a great way to connect with people and share your experience as well. And, you know, I'm here in Texas. Right. You might have listeners in Colorado or Florida, what have you. Right. A lot of these folks or I'm sorry, you know, OBGYN's doctors are doing virtual appointments, too. Mm -hmm. So joining a Facebook group like that, maybe some people can drop some suggestions of people in your area if you do want that in-person visit. Right. So that's a great way. Right. Get support from people and then really try to find somebody who truly cares doctor-wise, right, and is going to provide you with options, which leads me into another breakdown of that, the red flags to look out for. It may, it may be time to break up with your provider. If, <laughs> if Especially if he's your boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Might be time to part ways. She's like, you don't listen. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh might be it time happens. to part ways <laughs> yeah so red flags could be not taking the time to fully ask questions about your pain when it started like really get to know that but another big red flag is just when they prescribe the pill to treat it for you. I think that is the the biggest one. It sounds like the another big one probably is just lack of options besides mm -hmm. the pill, too. Because like you said, you were offered six others that were not the pill. So we know there are at least seven. Well, that's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Like, that one doctor said, like, you can either get 
pill or surgery. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this other doctor gave you six options. Right. (laughs) And I felt. And one of them wasn't a pill. Exactly. I felt empowered. Right. Right. So it's a great feeling when when you have options like that and you can choose. I mean, you know, it's it might be a tough pill to swallow, pun intended, but um like I really think you identifying that part of like find the doctor that'll ask questions, find the doctor that gives options so you feel empowered. Mm-hmm. The way we really get healthy is that we feel empowered to make mm-hmm. our health decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And that includes just like getting to know our bodies better, paying attention to them so we can tell when something's wrong, but then also working with people like you just said. Like it, it yeah. all, that's how we fix the health problems in this country is you take yeah. control and you feel empowered. And we yeah. work with providers that allow that, you know. Absolutely. Um, well, anytime you hear the like, that's just how it's going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's wrong. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely wrong. Yeah. Because your body's yeah. going to change anyways. Right. Yeah. That, and. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation right yes so we went over what getting support um friends family what have you and then getting support from the right uh provider mm-hmm. as well and then went over the red flags things like that uh but the second main one is anti-inflammatory focus on addressing inflammation in your body. And you guys really know how to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that is probably, you guys talk about this all the time. There, you you've posted got, it on the podcast Instagram today. <laughs> yes, exactly. You've got great resources and great videos on that. But addressing that inflammation, because we know that endo thrives off of inflammation, could be anything from reducing the amount of plastic that you use heat up your food store your hot food in it could be anything from just sugar sugar is huge even on things that are labeled natural or organic check that added sugars line on the nutrition facts and that's that yeah i'm so glad they did that right the added sugars line how much of it is added sugar yeah things have sugar right fruit has sugar yeah but yeah but it's the idea that like i used to love dipping strawberries and sugar. in sugar me too i was like what the heck yeah <laughs> sure i was so little and that's fine get away with it but like why right <laughs> yeah sounds good though yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> with yeah, with some <laughs> cheesecake <laughs> strawberry drizzle on top yeah. cheese and sugar <laughs> sugar is awesome <laughs> once in a while yeah. exactly once in a while so, yeah. so we said reducing sugar, talking about anti-inflammation. Wait, popcorn's the other one that, like, if you gave up grains, mm-hmm. I don't know that you gave up popcorn. I never really had, I never ate popcorn that much. I yeah, love popcorn. But <laughs> I love popcorn, but it's not a, you don't it's like not something I have, yeah. yeah. So you were talking about anti-inflammatory acts, reducing plastic, cutting sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly uh, an elimination diet. Exactly, right. Mm-hmm. Workouts. Type as workouts. Yes. Whatever workout makes you feel good at the end, whether that be some people are really into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Some people really like Pilates and yoga. Some people just like getting outside and walking. Right. Whatever makes you feel the best at the end, just start there. And if you want to try new things, you know, go go for it. I I did gymnastics for almost my entire life. And some of those workouts are strenuous and stressful. And so having put my body through all of that stress, right, literally like on your body, I decided to go with yoga. And it really it 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 works very well for me mm-hmm. just doing yoga and then of course I'll do some pilates and walking and stuff like that but for me um the crossfit or the really high intensity stuff is just it doesn't support my body as much as it used to mm-hmm. so that's a good comment too is just keep paying attention to your body yeah and, and yep. the, the feels good part i think you really want to tap into the the that it actually feels genuinely good. Genuinely feels good. Because there's also like the feel good of like, yeah, I got through that. 
I mean, yeah. hey, that's good. Like, yeah. yeah. That doesn't actually feel good. Right. <laughs> just thinking that you got accomplished something. So right. that's more of a mental good. And that's not necessarily. a feel- Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we talk about what makes you feel empowered as well. But have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. If you are going through a workout and you're hating every second of it, but you think you're getting the results you want, then is it worth to Put yourself through that exercise if you absolutely hate it. Maybe there is another form of exercise, which we all we all kind of do that, right? right? <laughs> well, I don't really like push-ups, but right. I'll do it. Right. I can't do a... Well, <laughs> sorry, I should never say that. <laughs> I don't like doing uh, forearm stands. Forearm. Oh, just like this? With yeah, your arms like here. Handstand, but with all this. Handstand. I don't like doing those either. It just feels. They hurt my elbows. And it's like a weird. Oh, yeah. Like those you're cool looking. I've never been able to do that. <laughs> They're cool looking, though. It does feel weird. I'd rather. Well, just... it's interesting because I can look. Uh, two days ago, they showed a forearm starting during my yoga class. Oh, yeah. And so I did it, but I just didn't like it. And I was like, I'm coming back down. Like, I love handstands, though. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> Baldo handstands everywhere. That's the thing. Did you get a handstand pick after this? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he would. Uh, okay. I was going to take the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I should be the one taking it. Y'all can hold them way longer than me. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so we were talking about anti-inflammation, and then we talked about workouts that you like. Mm-hmm. Any other tips? Physical activity, yeah. That's... That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. You're doing something that you enjoy. You're relieving that stress and you're getting those happy hormones flowing. Totally. And it has a huge impact. Hormones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope this has been helpful and beneficial to to your audience. What's important to have these type of conversations because people sometimes will hear like the super sciencey stuff and it's Mm -hmm. like, that's overwhelming. That's like, what's it like to be a patient in this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and. The important thing is that it does, you don't have to know all those things. You just have to like make it easy. It's like, well, find someone that at least will give you some options. Yeah. Well, you didn't <laughs> know all of these things before it happened to you. So it's also yeah. really inspiring to hear that like you did take control and you can do that. And there's yes, a way to you do can. it, you know. Do you have a weird Google thing that you searched that gave you a lot of value? Like it's a. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was a really interesting question. Let me think. And I'm always curious what people. It was like, I figured this out on my own. It's like, well, what did you Google? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, because if you Google, like, endometriosis, yeah. it's going to show you ads and go to this doctor and that doctor. and Yeah. So, really, I started because of Allison. She gave me these recommendations for these uh, doctors and um, Aviva Ram. I think you recommended her to me, too. I'm not sure. Maybe I found her. I think I sent you Brighton, but I think you sent me Aviva. Yes. Yeah. So both of those, I just listened to their podcast. I read their articles on things. And then that prompted me to search even more. So, you know, DIM and estrogen dominance. And then a lot of things just started to make sense. And then you just keep going and you find out more and more. And it's a really cool process to go through. Right. It's it is. Yeah. Even (laughs) even that right there, you can Google dim and endometriosis and that's actually a really good first Google search. (laughs) And that just did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's something I did. Um yeah. You know, I I won't talk about the supplements because everybody's different, but you know, I did use some supplements. Yeah, because whenever you Google stuff, we know things like SEO, right? But you're always going to get some of the top companies. But you have to re- you have to Google some, or you have to type into Google something a little different to get to get results. really specific. Yeah. yeah, yep. And that sometimes can get kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. <laughs> interesting is a good word. <laughs> um, like it, I would have Googled endometriosis and how to. Right. Yeah, I right. I actually think I googled something like that. I was like, yeah, I was like, does going to the bathroom a lot does that have anything to do with, with it? I don't know how I wrote it, does but pooping more mean I have endometriosis. That's literally what I would type. Yeah, <laughs> I think I probably typed something like that. <laughs> I, I know you said you didn't want to go into the supplements. I just wanted to say you're right. Like everyone is different, um, and those doctors that you mentioned that mm-hmm. um, you followed like have some really good recommendations. But absolutely, yeah. 
Always test and see what works for you. Test your blood, test your urine, whatever needs to be read. <laughs> and, I guess it tested. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I want to say one last thing. Just because you don't have the title of being an expert in something doesn't mean that you cannot make decisions on your own for your health. Yeah. You have the power to research and talk to people. Um, I just wanted to put that out there. So never discredit yourself for not having a title. You're the only one in your body. (laughs) Uh, Where can people find you you if you want to share social media or anything like that? My Instagram is. Is it just? Is it your name? I think now? it's just um, Jordan dot can, can we change it to Jordy Woe? Jordy Woe. Oh, <laughs> that was my nickname. Yeah, up. Jordan dot Voitovich. Jordan dot We'll put it in the bio of the yes the description of the podcast. Yes. Um, please. How many letters is that? The last oh, name is nine letters. That's cool. <laughs> my, my first name is nine letters. <laughs> How obnoxious would that name be? Baldomero Wojtovich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've come to Thanksgiving enough. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, yeah. Allison and Baldo. It was great. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. <laughs>